Hello, everyone. Welcome to Better Health While Aging, a podcast that gives you strategies and tips about improving the health and well-being of older adults. We discuss common health problems that affect people over age 60, the best ways to prevent and manage those problems, and we also often address common concerns and dilemmas that come up with aging parents and other older loved ones, like what to do if you're worried about falls or safety or memory, or even the quality of a senior's health care. I'm your host, Dr. Leslie Kernison. I'm a practicing geriatrician, so that means I'm a medical doctor specialized in geriatrics, which is the art and science of modifying healthcare so that it works better for older people and for their families. Today, we're going to talk about vitamin D and older adults. Vitamin D supplementation is one of the many things we generally recommend to our older patients in geriatrics to help optimize the health and well-being of older adults. But I've noticed that there's been a lot of back and forth in the media about vitamin D, and it seems to me that people might often get confused about what to do and what to believe. And this is too bad. Compared to many of the issues that come up in geriatrics, vitamin D, I would say, is actually fairly straightforward, (laughs) despite all the uh, research studies that come out with, you know, new information. It generally doesn't change what I think matters to our practice as clinicians and to the health uh, of older adults and what they should be doing. So in this episode, I'm going to try to demystify vitamin D a little bit. I'm going to tell you why I recommend vitamin D to most older adults and what dose I generally recommend. And then I'm going to address um, several questions, frequently asked questions that people either ask me or that I see kind of asked about on the internet. So let me start by telling you, first of all, my recommended daily dose for vitamin D in older adults. I call this the healthy aging dose. And it's the dose that I think is good for most older adults to take unless they've been warned by their doctors that they should take something different. So it's kind of a health maintenance dose. And so for most older adults, I recommend a supplement of vitamin D 1000 international units per day. So if you're just thinking about your own health or the health of somebody else, that's a good starting place to go. And there are a couple reasons why I do this. So first of all, um, for older adults at increased risk for falls, the U.S. Preventative Services Task Force does recommend a vitamin D supplement to help prevent falls. And that's because there's been some research that suggests that it helps. Now, as best we can tell, it's not a huge effect, and some of the research is a little bit conflicting. But right now, that remains a recommendation of the U.S. Preventative Services Task Force. And also, you should know that the American Geriatrics Society, so that's uh, my professional society, and we call it AGS for short, AGS does recommend that clinicians tell older patients to take vitamin D 1,000 international units per day because it might help prevent fractures. So I guess my first point is that a vitamin D supplement is currently recommended by a number of expert societies because there is evidence that it might provide some health benefit to older adults. And then there are a couple additional reasons that, uh, that I do this. One is that many older adults have risk factors for vitamin D deficiency. And these include a diagnosis of osteoporosis and spending limited time outdoors. So just if you're older, especially if you're older than 65, you're already at a little bit higher risk. And what the research suggests is that vitamin D supplements are especially helpful to those people who 
are already deficient. So it makes sense to supplement people who have a high risk for being deficient if they're not taking a supplement. I also do this because most older adults are at some increased risk for falls. Among people who are age 65 and older, at least one in three will fall at least once every year. And some of those falls can be catastrophic. And even when they're not, they often create a lot of anxiety in people. And then, you know, really a very important reason to um, recommend supplementation is that in the vast majority of older people, taking vitamin D, a thousand international units every day as a supplement has an extremely low risk of harm. And that's important because whenever we consider doing something for a person's health, we want to think about, well, what's the likely benefit? But we also want to think about what's the risk. And so if something might be beneficial and has very, very low risk, then we'll be more inclined to do it than if something might be beneficial, but comes with a greater risk of harm. And compared to the many medications and some supplements that older people take, uh, vitamin D at that dose, 1,000 international units per day, is about as low risk as you can get. There's certainly more risk with a lot of um, other over-the-counter medications, some supplements, and many prescription medications. So those are my sort of key reasons for recommending a daily vitamin D supplement. And there are some other expert groups who've provided similar vitamin D guidance. So for instance, in 2010, the Institute of Medicine, uh, which is a very highly respected expert group for the country, it's the health arm of the National Academy of Sciences, they published a report with age-based recommended daily allowances for vitamin D in what they said was quote-unquote normal healthy persons. And for people aged 1 through 70, they recommended 600 international units per day. And for people who are age 71 and older, they recommended 800 international units a day. So you might be thinking, well, the Institute of Medicine recommended 800 international units and Dr. Kernison is saying 1,000. In truth, I think either 800 or 1,000 international units a day is fine. As far as I know, nobody has tested um, those two doses head to head. And they're, in the scheme of vitamin D dosing, they're fairly close to each other. I tell people 1,000 international units a day because it's a nice round number. It's the one recommended by the American Geriatric Society. I found that supplements often come with 500 international units of vitamin D or sometimes 250, so it's a little easier to get to 1,000. But really, either one would be okay. So that dose of 1,000 international units, I call the healthy aging dose of daily vitamin D. So if you're already taking a multivitamin or a calcium supplement, you should definitely check to see how much vitamin D is already included because many supplements currently include a certain amount of vitamin D, and so you may already be getting your 1,000 international units from those supplements. So now I'm going to move on to address some of the frequently asked questions that I hear often about vitamin D. So first, which type of vitamin D should I take? So vitamin D does come in uh, two forms as supplements. Most supplements contain what's technically called vitamin D3. It's also known as cholecalciferol. And the other form is vitamin D2 ergocalciferol. 
Studies have suggested that D3 cholecalciferol increases blood levels a little bit better than vitamin D2, and D3 is the one that's in most supplements. So I don't know that you have to spend too, too much time uh, worrying about it, but if you were wondering about that, if you have a choice, D3 is probably a little bit better. You should know that both versions of vitamin D require processing by the liver and kidneys. So people who have liver or kidney disease may need to get a special type of supplement from their doctors. People who have uh, more than mild kidney disease are often already seeing kidney doctors. They're called nephrologists, and they usually have checked the vitamin D level and arranged for the right kind of supplement. But if you have kidney disease, you can always just ask your doctor and double check. You should also know that although vitamin D supplements are usually taken daily, they do come in higher doses, and especially when we prescribe vitamin D, which we do sometimes if we find that somebody has a documented deficiency, these higher doses might be prescribed for weekly or even monthly dosing. I think you can get higher dose vitamin D over the counter, but in general, I would recommend that you take those higher doses under medical supervision. Next frequently asked question that I hear a lot, do I need to have my vitamin D blood level checked? So there has been lots of interest in the popular press with vitamin D. There have been people who have uh, raised concerns about a nationwide epidemic of vitamin D deficiency. And so this raises the question of whether vitamin D levels should be checked. My answer is that you don't necessarily need a check. The consensus statement that the American Geriatric Society issued says that testing vitamin D levels should be unnecessary in most older adults unless some particular symptom or disease warrants it. And the idea um, behind this reasoning is that if you're taking a daily vitamin D supplement as recommended right now with the recommended daily allowance, so 600 for people under age 70 and 800 for people age 71 or older, although I will say if you're 60 and you want to start taking 800 or 1,000 right now, I think that's fine. If you take that every day for several months, you're quite unlikely to have a vitamin D level that's going to be too low or too high. On the other hand, if you have been diagnosed with a serious vitamin D deficiency, your doctor will probably recommend a higher dose of vitamin D supplementation. And in that case, you might need a repeat test after three or four months of treatment to make sure that your levels are in a better range. And at that point, your doctors might change to a lower daily dose that will kind of maintain you at a steady level. So back to the question of whether vitamin D levels need to be checked. I actually think it's not uncommon for people to have low levels. I've certainly encountered them um, fairly often in my practice, and I'm checking because I have patients who have severe osteoporosis, or sometimes they have an abnormal blood calcium level, or they might have other concerning symptoms that make it worthwhile to check. So certainly among older adults, it's fairly common. And then I'm always a little careful about sharing personal uh, anecdotes, but I did discover when my daughter was young, she went to see the dentist. She was like three, it was her first time at the dentist. And the dentist said that her, um, actually, no, I'm sorry, she was two. The dentist said that her teeth looked a little bit thin. And I asked her doctor about it, the pediatrician, and the pediatrician ended up deciding, well, we could check her vitamin D level. 
and hers was quite low and I was pregnant with my son at the time and it turns out that a baby's teeth are made in utero. And so then I sort of wondered, wow, is it because I didn't get enough vitamin D when I was pregnant with my daughter? And so I had my level checked and mine was even lower. (laughs) And I do live in San Francisco, the Bay Area, where we often have overcast days. And I do spend most of my time working indoors. And who knew that I would be low? And the trouble was that in our family, nobody was taking a daily vitamin D supplement. (laughs) So we all started taking one and I have not gone and had my level rechecked because I'm actually fairly confident that now that I take um, a supplement of 600 every day, I should be fine. But I suppose if you want to be super careful, you could check. There are many people who feel that vitamin D testing is overused, and it might be, but I think in the grand scheme of all the tests and medical services that we overuse in this country, I don't really see why we're doing all that much worrying about vitamin D, although I guess if everyone in the national population rushes to get a test, then that cost would add up. If you are worried about over-testing or over-treatment, it's more worthwhile to actually look at Choosing Wisely, which is a special program that is meant to help doctors and patients identify frequently used tests and treatments that often are not beneficial. And I'll post a link to the Choosing Wisely website in the show notes. Next frequently asked question, will vitamin D really prevent falls or fractures? And I think people ask this because if you um, follow the news about vitamin D, there have been recently published studies that have called into question the previous studies that found that vitamin D supplementation was reducing falls and fractures. Most recently, a study was published and They had older women, relatively healthy older women, in a Scandinavian country who were randomized to exercise and or vitamin D. So there were kind of four groups. One group had exercise only, one group had vitamin D only, one group had exercise and vitamin D, and then one group was left kind of the way they were. And they followed them to see how they did with their falls. And they found that that, uh, the vitamin D didn't make much of a difference in terms of falls. Um, The exercising... Uh, did reduce injuries, which was nice. However, as far as I know, those women were not vitamin D deficient. And so we still don't know whether uh, the lack of effect was because vitamin D supplementation especially works in people who are deficient. So with all this back and forth in the research, people might understandably wonder, well, what's the benefit? Does it prevent falls or fractures? So my current take is that it might help a bit, especially for those Um, seniors who are either low if they're not taking their supplement because they're very much indoors or they have other reasons to have a predisposition to be low. And as I mentioned earlier, since taking a vitamin D supplement in the range of 800 to 1,000 international units a day has very low risk of harm and it might help people, then I think it's worth taking. So what I do think is important to know is that I think people shouldn't have overly optimistic expectations of vitamin D's effects. I think really what we need is kind of a sensible middle ground where I don't think we should worry about catastrophes uh, happening because people don't take enough vitamin D. But I don't think we should expect that it's a panacea and that it's going to protect people from all kinds of serious health problems in the future because that's not really borne out by the research at all. And especially in older adults, problems such as pain and fatigue, 
falls, even memory problems, are often due to multiple underlying factors. So there's no easy fix available. So I do think despite the back and forth in the scientific research about whether vitamin D prevents falls or fractures, it's worth taking a daily supplement, but I wouldn't have super high expectations. So that brings me to the next frequently asked question, which is kind of related to what I was just talking about, which is, will vitamin D prevent dementia, cancer, and or premature death? So I have seen that some people make pretty strong claims for vitamin D. And it's true that a lot of research has linked low vitamin D levels to these serious health problems that people are understandably very worried about. It's been linked to having dementia, to developing cancer, to even premature death. But what you should bear in mind is that this is an association, but it doesn't tell us what the cause is. And there's actually quite a lot of reason to believe that people who develop cancer or dementia may have developed low vitamin D levels because either they're not getting out very much or maybe a similar process that depresses their vitamin D levels is also contributing to their developing these serious health problems. And what we really don't know at all is whether taking vitamin D supplements will reduce one's chance of developing these diseases, especially if, you're already, if you already have a vitamin D level in your body that's considered normal range. So because there have been so many claims about, it's called um, extraskeletal benefits of vitamin D supplementation, benefits beyond bone health, because we know that vitamin D is uh, especially involved in calcium absorption and in maintaining calcium levels in the body. So the Institute of Medicine concluded that, that the research did not confirm that there were health benefits to higher vitamin D supplementation beyond maintaining bone health, and that's especially if you're low. So it is true that we uh, were still very early in our understanding of vitamin D. When I was in medical school, they talked to us very little about vitamin D. I actually heard about it more in residency, um, which for me was 2003 to 2005. And we do have vitamin D receptors everywhere in the body. So I don't want to say that vitamin D is not important to health. The issue more is uh, whether, you know, does having low levels cause Alzheimer's? And will taking high doses of vitamin D protect you from Alzheimer's? And those are things that we really don't know the answer to. So I feel that as long as you maintain a reasonable body level of vitamin D, which for most people is entirely doable by taking a daily supplement, then I would just leave it at that. So another question I get asked a lot, I'm outside a lot, do I need a vitamin D supplement? So it is true that although vitamins are things that we need to add to our bodies in order to maintain our health, um, in the case of vitamin D, we can get it orally, but we also can synthesize it in our skin from sunlight. So if you are outside a lot, you might be getting enough vitamin D just in that manner. But when people ask me is, you know, I'm outside a lot, is that enough? What I would say is, well, it's hard to know exactly without checking your levels. Vitamin D, to make it in your skin, your skin has to be touched by the right kind of UV radiation, and that radiation is actually scattered in the atmosphere. So you get it most between the hours of 10 and 2. Um, and if you're getting exposed to that radiation during that time, you're also getting exposed to radiation that increases your risk of skin cancer. And I think what's best is instead of trying to figure out if you're getting enough sun, I would suggest taking a daily vitamin D supplement, no matter how much time you spend outside. I would suggest wearing sunscreen to protect your skin. 
as you get older because skin cancers are extremely common in older adults. And I wouldn't spend too much time trying to figure out whether you've been outside enough to get your, your vitamin D. So next frequently asked question, and um, maybe I should have addressed this a little earlier, what should one's vitamin D level be? This question, part of the reason why I didn't address it earlier is because it has been so hotly, hotly debated. So at this time, it really depends on who you ask. The Institute of Medicine has stated that they believe that a blood level of 20 to 40 nanograms per milliliter should be adequate. However, the Endocrine Society, the American Geriatric Society, and some other expert groups have recommended a level of at least 30 nanograms per milliliter. And just to make things even more complicated, some people have raised concerns that labs may often be a little bit inaccurate in how they report it. And so if they tell you that you're at level 20, uh, you might in reality be at level 15. And this is part of why some groups have argued for a, a higher level, for instance, a threshold of 30, because that means that even if there's lab error and you're actually lower, you're still above the threshold of 20. So I generally think that uh, if you're in the 30s, 40s, that's great. If you're in the mid-20s, I'm not sure that's reason for concern. And again, as I mentioned, uh, the party line right now among many experts, and I consider it reasonable, is that most people don't need their vitamin D level checked. So unless you have certain types of health problems, like problems absorbing things in your stomach or kidney problems, a low vitamin D level is unlikely in someone who takes a daily supplement. So next question that I get asked a lot, I've heard that a higher level of vitamin D is better for you. How much is too much? Again, this depends on who you ask. The American Geriatric Society says that for most people, total vitamin D from supplements and food shouldn't exceed 4,000 international units per day. And in terms of the risk of too much vitamin D, uh, we're still learning about it. I mean, we do think that very high levels of vitamin D could be problematic since they might increase calcium levels, but no one is really sure what the sort of upper limit, like at what level we should get concerned. There was a study of very high vitamin D supplementation which meant 500,000 international units per year. In older women, they did this because they thought maybe it would be an easier way to maintain people's vitamin D levels than having them take a daily, weekly, or monthly supplement. And in that study, this actually increased falls and fractures in older adults. So I think that's a sign that it's possible to have too much of a good thing. I also have personally had a few patients where when we did blood work for um, their electrolytes, which is fairly commonly done in people who are taking blood pressure medications and, you know, it's fairly common primary care. And their calcium levels came back abnormally high. And then we discovered that they were taking relatively high doses of vitamin D supplementation. They were often taking 4,000, 5,000, or 6,000 international units per day. And so that's on top of whatever else might be in their food, because you do get some amount of vitamin D uh, in your food. Some foods such as milk are fortified. And vitamin D is related to the absorption and metabolism of calcium in the body. So it makes sense that taking a lot of vitamin D would raise calcium levels. So again, I'm, I'm always a little bit cautious about anecdotes, but uh, one person did go on to have a little heart attack a few months later, and his blood level of vitamin D had been about 70 nanograms per milliliter. 
So that's just a single case, but there is some research that has linked calcium supplements to heart attacks. And it's been um, hypothesized that when you take a lot of calcium supplements, you have uh, short moments when your blood calcium level is high, and that might help calcify the plaques in the arteries. And a calcified plaque might be more likely to break off and cause a heart attack or possibly a stroke. So I personally wonder if research won't eventually confirm a link between high vitamin D blood levels and increased heart attack risk, but I'm just kind of speculating. I think it's plausible, but you know the research hasn't um, shown it yet. My own practice is to caution people if they're taking vitamin D supplements of more than 2,000 international units per day in the absence of a documented deficiency. And I also discuss a reduction in vitamin D supplementation if somebody has a blood level greater than 50 nanograms per milliliters. So that wraps up my frequently asked questions about vitamin D. So just to recap, I think, you know, all the research about, oh, maybe it's not as helpful as we thought it was for preventing falls or fractions. I just don't think it matters that much. We do know that many people who don't take a daily supplement end up with low levels. We're not sure exactly what the health impact is, but I think it's sensible to aim to have a level between, say, 20 and 50. And for most people, taking a daily supplement will achieve that. And you don't have to worry about it. You don't have to ask for your level to be checked unless you're particularly concerned or unless you're having other health symptoms, you know, excessive fatigue, pains, fractures, osteoporosis. Those are some examples. So, I mean, if you are concerned, ask your doctor about it. But I think, you know, I've been following the research and the media attention for the past few years, and I always conclude, well, this doesn't really change what we're doing. It's a good idea to take a daily supplement. So if you're older, I would say 800 to 1,000 international units. And otherwise, there are lots of other things that require thinking and figuring out when it comes to health. And so let's put our attention and energy to that. And otherwise, take your vitamin D D supplement and do talk to your doctor if you have additional questions or concerns. And with that, I'm going to wrap up this episode of Better Health While Aging. If you have any questions about something you heard in this episode, you can post it on the show notes page for this episode. I'll also be posting some links to some of the vitamin D resources that I mentioned in this episode. To find the show notes, visit betterhealthwhileaging.net and click podcast in the main menu at the top. Last but not least, if you've been enjoying the podcast, don't forget to support us by subscribing on iTunes. And if you've already done that, please leave a rating and a review. This makes it easier for others to discover our show on iTunes, and I would love for the many people who are interested in health or aging or family caregivers to be able to find it and give it a chance. Thank you so much for listening. I'm Dr. Leslie Kernison, and I'm looking forward to you joining us for future episodes.